Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets, to snuggle under for family movie nights, or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads. Love where you live. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand at yourvillageonline.com. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Hi, everyone. So I didn't get any YouTube videos out last week. I apologize. There was so much going on getting our house on the market that I didn't get time to record any last week, this past week. But the house just went up on the market like in the last 15 minutes as of me sitting down and recording. So I will get back to the videos, get more up at probably early next week. If you want to find that channel, you can search for Your Village on YouTube and you will find the channel. It should be at the very top spot. And I've been doing this fun thing, well, I think it's fun, of trying to do the videos in different locations. So this weekend we'll be back in San Diego looking at homes and enjoying the city. So if I can find a good, quiet location of that beautiful San Diego um everything beautiful nature out there. I will record from there. So the questions this week, the first one is one of the most popular topics, the nighttime wake-ups. And the second question is about helping a child with some feelings of some sibling rivalry, but a lot of neediness, needing a lot of attention when mom is busy doing other things. The first question is from Lindsay and she wrote, help, my two-year-old is waking in the middle of the night around one to two and crying until we go in and bring her to our bed. It's taking a toll on me as I wake up at 4.30 a.m. daily for work and she constantly is tossing and turning, which gives me no sleep. 
She cries for a bottle once we bring her to our bed, which I give her since she will cry hysterically until I give it to her. How can I nip this sleep problem in the bud so I can actually get some sleep? Okay, it's a great question. This is a very popular question. Uh, lots of sleep questions, one of the most popular topics on here. So I'm gonna go to basics on this one. When it comes to sleep and solving sleep issues, we always wanna start with bedtime. Look at what's going on with bedtime. However bedtime is going is likely how it will go or worse during the middle of the night wake-ups. The reason is that sleep pressure is strongest at bedtime. Sleep pressure is exactly what it sounds like. It's how much pressure our child is feeling for sleep. If at bedtime a child is getting nursed to sleep, a bottle, rocking, snuggling, back rubs to fall asleep, they will definitely need the same thing if they happen to wake up in the middle of the night. Because by that point, they've been asleep for several hours and they're no longer as tired as they were at bedtime. So if they're not able to put themselves to sleep at bedtime, they're definitely not going to be able to do it in the middle of the night. So if you're having middle of the night issues, the first thing you want to do is take a look at your bedtime routine. See if you need to work on more independence there. It's also a whole lot easier to fix bedtimes because we're awake. We've been awake rather than getting woken up in the middle of the night when we're dead asleep and then trying to be vigilant with our boundaries. It gets very difficult when we're exhausted. So bedtimes are step one. Get those bedtimes down really well. Bedtime routine, tuck in and leave. The child stays in bed. This is most nights. We're not expecting 100% perfection, but 95% of the time, unless something a little weird's going on, they're feeling a little freaked out, 95% of the time, if not more, your child stays in their bed, they quietly fall asleep, they may chat to themselves, sing, they may even look at a book until they fall asleep, but they're staying in their room on their own until they fall asleep with no needed extra attention after tuck-in, no getting up for this or that or the other. They're staying in the room and falling asleep on their own. They're used to that. They know what the boundary is and they stay there till they get themselves sleepy and fall asleep. That's 100%. Bedtimes are going super smooth. 99% of the time, you know, maybe one night a month they're getting up. Otherwise, they're doing great at bedtime and they're still waking up in the middle of the night. Then you can work, move to working on those. Now, my educated guess on this situation is that there is some kind of bottle feeding happening before bed at bedtime because... Starting at around four to six months, most babies, unless you have a preemie or a baby with an underlying health issue, they are ready to go all night without um, additional nutrition. So basically once they start solids. So the bottle in the middle of the night is for comfort and it's for a sleep aid, not because she needs the sustenance. But let's just cover that scenario for Lindsay or any other parents who are having a middle of the night issue and bedtimes are actually going relatively smoothly. So in the class, on sleep and bedtimes, both infants and toddlers, I make the recommendation that if parents have a disruptive habit that they want to break, especially a middle of the night one, to plan it out ahead of time. Basically, this will disrupt sleep and be a challenge before it gets better, but it's an investment well worth it. So you wanna get it planned out ahead of time and be ready to face this head on and get it fixed. So what do I mean by that? First is to know that this is exactly that, a short investment of time to fix an issue that will pay big dividends in the coming weeks, months, and for some parents, even years. They can have problems with this for years of children getting up and coming to their bed in the middle of the night and messing with their sleep. You wanna gear yourself up psychologically to be ready to dig in and fix the issue. 
So first, you wanna figure out a stretch of three days and nights at minimum, but five is even better, where you don't need to be or go anywhere the next day. The issue should get fixed or be drastically better within three days. But I say five, just in case you have a small issue in the middle of the night on the fourth night or the fifth night, and you aren't tempted to fall back into old patterns if you have to be up early the next morning. So you're psychologically geared up for the challenge. You have your three to five days marked out on the calendar. Perhaps it's a long holiday weekend, or you have a few vacation days that have been accepted that you can take off from work, but you're ready to go. The next step, is to have a coaching session with your toddler in the middle of the day for the day that you're going to start that process that evening. So you're going to let your toddler know that middle of the night is sleep time, that starting tonight you will not be doing X, whatever that is, bringing them into your bed, giving a bottle, whatever that habit has been. You're going to let them know the new protocol. I will be walking you right back to your bed, tucking you in and leaving. If your child isn't coming out of their room, you can decide to what degree you want to respond and intervene. You can go in, lay your toddler back down and leave. You can go in, lay them down, give them 10 seconds of back rubs and leave. If you do that and then they scream and yell, you can decide how often, if at all, you go back in. Once you know your child is safe, they're healthy, they're not yelling because they have a fever or a foot stuck or a lovey that fell behind the bed, you can take care of whatever that is. You can decide how much boundary you want to put around that middle of the night attention. What I will say, the more attention to it, the longer it will take, the more you reinforce the behavior. So if you do go in, you want to say little to nothing. You want to make no eye contact. You don't engage in a power struggle. So for some parents, staying out completely is too difficult for them. For others, going in once to check and then staying out is hard but doable. So you really have to weigh that out. Then, of course, each child is different. Going in but not picking up or doing what they're used to, the bottle or coming to your room, can make things even worse. They can get even more upset than if you'd stayed out altogether. So you want to take these things into consideration. Decide what your plan of action is going to be. And follow it. And this is what you're going to share with your child. Will you stay out altogether? Will you go in the first time only and then stay out? Will you go in every 10 minutes and stay up to a minute? Now, you don't have to share that part with your child, right? But you can tell them, I will come in, I will lay you back down, I will rub your back for 10 seconds, and then I will leave. But you will need to put yourself back to sleep. So the, that is the max interaction I recommend, is staying up to one minute. Anything past a minute, you got to get out of there. If you really need, you can start with every five minutes. I mean, going in every five minutes, staying up to a minute, if this is really what you feel like you need. Just know the more frequently you go in to check, the longer it will take to break because you're going to have to wean back from whatever that time interval is that you've chosen at first. So if you start with every five minutes, then you're going to go to every seven, then every 10, and you're going to do this, you know, every couple nights. So it's going to take you longer. If you're only going in every 15 minutes to begin with, you're going to go in every 15 minutes and chances are you're not only going to have to go in once or maybe twice, depending on how perseverant your child is in the middle of the night. Now, if you choose an interval, will you take turns going in? Will it be you and then your partner and then you and then your partner? You want to get that all figured out, then communicate that. Remind your toddler at bedtime of the new middle of the night protocol. Then when they wake up, you follow the plan. Be very diligent. No talkie, no eye contact. Give it three to four nights of being very disciplined and you should see huge improvements. Now, I know when there's other children in the home, this can be very difficult. You don't want to wake up the baby and you don't want to wake up the other child, but this is the only way to get this done. And then everybody will get good sleep. It sucks for three to five nights. 
and then it gets incredibly better. There still may be middle of the night wake-ups, but getting back to sleep should be very quick and easy after those first three to four nights. Walk in, lay them down, they may fuss for a minute and go back to sleep. After a few more nights of those middle of the night wake-ups, this should dissipate completely, become very few and far between until they get a little older, start having some nightmares, maybe when some bigger teeth come in, that might be a disruption or of course an illness. Those will be disruptions, but otherwise, outside of anything normal, they will sleep through the night very, very well. If you're having a sleep issue, be it bedtimes, middle of the nights, early wake-ups, nap times, or other common sleep issues, I do have two classes, one on infant sleep, one on toddler sleep. Now, the toddler sleep also can apply to older kids for setting those bedtime and nighttime boundaries if you're still having issues past the toddlerhood ages. Those can be found on the website at yourvillageonline.com. Now, also, if you become a member, I do have right now bi-weekly parent chats. We have about three parents on these chats. They're super intimate. So if you are having issues with nighttimes and bedtimes and you want to get some extra guidance on those, those are free to members, bi-weekly parent chats through a Zoom link that I put up on our private Facebook group when we get close to doing those. As we get more and more parents, I wanna keep them small and intimate as we can. So I will be adding more. We'll be adding um, them in every week once those start to, uh, once we start to get more questions. I wanna make sure we keep them down to three to five parents for as long as we can do that. So that is the plan for that. When we get back after a word from our sponsors, I will answer the next question about a preschooler who is needing a lot of attention, but mostly when mom is busy with other tasks. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important. But did you know indoor air quality can be up to 100 times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. 
My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories, including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Now that we're back from the break, it's time to answer Jenny's question about her preschooler who is in almost constant search of attention, especially when mom is otherwise occupied. Jenny wrote, Hi, Erin. First off, I just want to thank you so much for your podcast. I've listened to it off and on for several years, and I've learned so much. My question is regarding my three-and-a-half-year-old. She has always been a rather intense child since the day she was born. She's very strong-willed, independent, moody, and smart. My struggle with her currently is that I can never seem to fill up her love cup, so to speak. She's demanding of my attention constantly, even though I do the magic 10 minimum daily time just with her without her 16-month-old sister, who is equally strong and spirited. It's usually more like an hour of uninterrupted time daily while her sister naps. When I try to sit down to play intentionally with her, she often wants to play on her own or seems disinterested in being with me. Then as soon as her sister is up and around, She needs attention. She's demanding and whining and grasping for my undivided attention. I've started setting timers so she knows when it's our special time. But when I have to move on to other responsibilities, she she can really struggle. She's also a highly emotive child, and we have been working hard on regulating emotions and learning to take turns and share. Slow going. I'm planning on taking your temperament class soon. That's funny. I was actually going to mention that, Jenny, because when you mentioned her temperament, I was like, wow, it sounds like you really need to watch those sections of the temperament class. I think it would help you a lot. Um, I try to keep a routine schedule. I work hard with consistency and follow through. We're working hard to recognize and verbalize our emotions, which is not how I was raised, so it's been a challenge. But she always seems to need more. Any advice or tips on how I can better help her and myself be successful? Thanks so much, Jenny. So first, I want to say I love this. And this converse, this is a conversation I've been having with parents a lot more lately when I do private coaching, when I do the group parent chats on Zoom with the members, and even parents in various business meetings who learn what I do, they love to ask me questions. And this is about how most of us were not raised with really solid communication and emotion skills, mostly because it just wasn't in our parents' awareness at all. You know, child development research has revealed so much in the last 20 years about our brains, about how they develop in all these areas, emotional, cognitive, their problem-solving skills, language skills, and even personality, such as growth mindset and coping skills and resiliency. 
So we weren't explicitly taught most of these things ourselves. So some of us may have gotten a little of this or that if we had a parent who had a particular strength or mindset, but most of us really didn't get much of it. And so without that blueprint, it's all new until we really learn it, practice it, and live it ourselves. I see a lot of parents really wanting this, working on this, committing to this, and our children will have such a strong foundation in life because of it. So I love having these conversations with parents. Now, just one tangent, and it does relate to this, and then I'm going to get to answering Jenny's question, which I think will help a lot of you. So like most of you, I had little to no parenting around a lot of what I would call the soft skills, the emotional, relational skills, coping skills, resiliency, growth mindset, things like that. But one thing my dad did do was to try to instill his ethic of never give up. And I think I may have shared this once before on the podcast, but... With my dad, I wasn't allowed to use the word can't. There was just no such word for him, and he would say exactly that. I don't know that word, he would say. You have to find a different word. I don't know what you're talking about. He never wanted me to quit or give up. So that is one of those important life lessons he drove home for us. Now, he passed away, oh gosh, like 15 years ago now, and he was young. He was only 58, physically fit. It was very unexpected. He never got to meet my kids, at least in physical form. And I do believe he watches over us. But, you know, I wish my kids could meet him. He was so skilled in so many areas. He was so hardworking. He was really an amazing person. So I'm sad that they never got to meet him and and see him the way he lived life. Just up at 4.30, fixing things, working on things. He rarely sat down. And if he did sit down, it was at 9 o'clock at night. And then he was just out because he'd worked so hard all day. He just, uh, he was a go, go, go energizer bunny. Okay, off that tangent, I just wanted to touch on how a lot of us are learning new skills and ways of interacting with our children than what we had. And it definitely takes some commitment to the process. And I see so many parents doing that, which I love to see. So first, Jenny, you're doing just great. You're giving her everything she needs. You're spending more than enough one-on-one time with her or giving her that opportunity. It sounds like it's not about needing more time with you, but more about the jealousy, whether it's over her sister or your attention to other tasks. So keep offering your time when her sister is napping and when you can. But if she prefers to play alone, that's great. And you can acknowledge that. I love that you're wanting to play independently right now. So I'm going to sit here and work on whatever it is you're working on. Fold the laundry, wash the dishes, catch up on emails. But if you'd like me to join you or you want to read a book, just let me know. This way you're letting her build her independent play skills. You're letting her know you're fully available for her. Then when you think it's getting close to wake up time for her sister or for you to fix lunch or whatever else you need to do, you can let her know. I know you like to spend some time with just me and I love doing that too. I wanna give a warning that in 15 minutes I'll need to start lunch. Would you like to read a book together first? Also, don't forget you can invite her to help you with things like prepping lunch or matching socks or any number of things. For lunch, it may not even be something like truly helpful But if she thinks it's being helpful, that's all that matters. You can give her some spaghetti and a plastic knife and a cutting board and let her cut it. Now, maybe she's actually cutting her own spaghetti or her sister's, and that actually is helpful. That's great. Whatever you can do. Then you can give her the positive feedback. Thank you for helping prepare lunch today. That saved me some time, and I really enjoy spending our time together. 
The more helpful she feels, the more needed she feels, the less feelings of jealousy. And really it's the feelings of inadequacy that's popping up through that, those behaviors, those feelings of reassurance that she's looking for. Mom's doing something else. I need to make sure I'm still important. So the more she can contribute, get positive feedback about her skills and being part of the family, the less those other things those feelings, sorry, the less those other feelings of jealousy and inadequacy will pop up. So get her contributing. Use positive feedback when she does play independently, when she does help out with stuff, letting her know you really enjoy your time with her. And then on the other side, because that'll take some time for her to build that up and feel more confident about that. When she does try to get your attention or try to get you to play with her, just keep setting those boundaries with empathy. I know you like my undivided attention and I enjoy our time together too. But right now, it's time for me to do X, whatever that is. Change your sister and get her started with her snack. We can have more time together in 20 minutes or whatever that time is, that your next allotted time that you can do with her. Or remember that our next time together is right before dinner or right after dinner, whatever that is. Just set those boundaries and let her know that. The other thing you can do is invite her to help again. Can she help you get the snack ready for all of you? If so, ask her, what should we have for snack? What fruit should we have? What else? Can you put the popcorn in the bowls and I'll cut the fruit? Feeling a big part of things can really turn that negative energy, that attention seeking, the feelings of inadequacy into something positive and will really help change those feelings around so she won't be needing that attention anymore. If you want to learn more about all the positive discipline tools and the step-by-step process to any of them or all of them, you can see them along with sample videos for each of the classes. I cover the agendas for each class, what is covered on the website at yourvillageonline.com. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.